You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Welcome back to the Fearless Business Podcast. It's your host here, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. And today, I'm super excited to introduce you to uh, my guest. It is spiritual business coach, Ollie True. Welcome to the show, Ollie. Hey, Robin. Great to be here. So, uh, right. So for those of you who don't know Ollie, uh, Ollie is a fantastic coach. But what I want to do is I'm going to throw it straight over to Ollie and say, uh, who is Ollie True? Yeah, it's a really good question because I can answer that question in lots uh, of different ways. But um, who I am now or who I've become or created myself as being um, is the spiritual coach, spiritual business coach. And what I love to help uh, uh, people do, I love to help spiritual entrepreneurs, anyone that identifies with that spiritual entrepreneur aspect of things to create themselves an incredible life, incredible business. Uh, And often that means more love, power and flow by being aligned with who they really are. And I've got a quick question because there'll be people out there going, what is a spiritual entrepreneur? So how do you define a spiritual entrepreneur? Well, let me start by defining what spirituality is for me, because I think it might be a slightly different different definition to uh, some others. For me, it's all about our truth, um, if that makes sense, Robin. So uh, I don't mind if someone is Christian, if they're Muslim, if they're spiritual. You know, it doesn't matter where that uh, uh, where that kind of belief system comes from. For me, spirituality is a couple of things. Um, believing in something that is bigger than ourselves, believing in uh, synchronicities, believing in the fact that um, everything is connected, um, and also uh, being very, very open-hearted and loving. That's a big, big part of spirituality for me. So that's the first piece. Um, the second part, the business part, for me, um, every single client that I am uh, blessed to work with is somebody that I feel, this may sound a bit bizarre to some, but bear with me, is meant to work with me, if that makes sense. I think that far too often in uh, coaching terms, we feel like we have to convince people to work with us um, and get a bit salesy rather than just share the magic that is us. And so for me, business is very, very spiritual. It's an energetic exchange. Um, and money is very, very spiritual. It's an energetic exchange. So I see the whole process holistically, spiritual business is being intertwined. And uh, I tend to work with people that are into that open-heartedness, that heart-led business, um, and also have that belief that all things are connected, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in terms of like, so how, how did you, how did you kind of get into it? So what's, um, you know, when, when, when Ollie left school at, at 18, you know, what was Ollie, what did Ollie's journey kind of look like? Oh, wow. We take it back to 18. Well, this is a really good point because um, I basically went to university. I'm sure some of you listening can recognize uh, this idea in your own lives potentially as well. I was like the last uh, 18 year old boy trying to work out who I was, um, what I was all about. And Robin, I spent most of my time actually just trying to fit in uh, basically this I suppose what you might call brightly colored uh, peacock trying to squeeze his feathers into uh, fitting in at university. I was at Newcastle. Uh, I was miserable. I had all of these. um, It was fresh as week. uh, And I was forcing myself into that box of, you know, going out, uh, getting drunk um, and numbing the pain. 
if that makes sense for anybody listening as well. Like I was numbing the fact that I didn't know who I was, the fact that I didn't felt, feel comfortable with myself. Uh, and then everything shifted when I got into beatboxing. That's where my entire life shifted. About 19, um, I got into beatboxing. Prior to that, I wanted to be uh, one of the world's top breakdancers. That was the plan, but I was never any good. I, I bet you were. I suppose it's one of those things. It's like the 10,000 hours, you know, ultimately, if you'd spent 10,000 hours on it, you would have been, you know, you would have, you would have got there. I mean, I mean, I'm intrigued. So was beatboxing a bit of a sort of a release, I guess, for you? Was it kind of a bit of escapism and, you know, um, uh, being different to the crowds, the, the crowd that were out there? Yeah, so beatboxing was like me finding me. And also, as I just said about fitting in, it was finding my place in the world, if you know what I mean. I started breakdancing, if I'm really honest, because uh, I wanted to attract women into my world. I wanted to be this cool kid. I had some bullying uh, when I was a bit younger in my life at school. And I was like, you know what, if I breakdance, and, and then even when I got into beatboxing, I was like, there's something really cool about this. That was my first reason for getting into it. Um, and it is quite, it's quite tricky to admit that hand on heart. That's a difficult one. But the secondary reason was I just loved it. I just took like a duck to water. Uh, it was a release. Like you said, it was an escape. Um, but what you would do typically, you would find me practicing till 2am, 3am. Uh, you should have seen the moment, Robin, when my parents came upstairs and I'm practicing fart sounds and they look at me and they're going, <laughs> what is my son doing? He's, gone. he's been to university, he's been to school, we've spent God knows how much on this. Mary is making fart sounds upstairs. I don't know what to do. Uh, listen, Ollie, it's going to be remiss of me if I don't ask you to give us a little bit of um, a, a little bit of a flavour of your your beatboxing. So, would you mind like would would you would you mind giving us a bit of a taster? We could we could do a little beatbox, yeah. has got to be i should get everybody in this podcast to do a little party trick like that that is so cool absolutely brilliant (laughs) what's your party trick that you haven't what what's your party trick that you don't my my party trick is i can't do it in a in a the the safe environment of a um an office unfortunately because normally it's either falling off 15 foot waves or going down hills at 53 miles an hour on a push bike so it's kind of doing slightly extremely yeah yeah so uh yeah i'm i'm in the safe confines of my office there's not too much danger here uh Ah, I love it though. That sounds awesome. So you get the adrenaline kick as well. Like I, I totally, uh, totally understand that. I'm always, uh, I really think Richard Branson's a man after my heart. I don't know if you feel the same. He's always someone that I look to and I think he still seems at least like he loves what he does every single day and he gets up and he goes kite surfing and he does all these incredible adventures. And um, that inspired me a lot, actually. He's one of the people that inspired me a lot to, to get into uh, what I'm doing now. Um, but moving back to beatboxing briefly, I was, I suppose, an important thing to share with everybody for a 
a long period of time, I'm suppose what you might call a struggling beatboxer, a struggling musician. And uh, perhaps there's some people listening in their businesses now as well that were like, oh, I'm sort of struggling along. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm getting success in it. Um, I don't know if you see it like me, Robin. For me, that persistence with that willingness to hire people that are further along than you in certain areas, um, but that persistence to be able to stick with it and stick with one thing and really, really keep going always leads to success. Massively. Massively. And like, I think at the end of the day, like people, too many people come into business thinking that this is going to be easy. And the reality, like, you know, what my thoughts are, Ollie, you know, I, I, I don't want to put anybody off sort of starting a business up, but like business is actually harder than it's ever been. And we, we hit a tipping point in 2018 yeah. with the same number of businesses that started up failed vice versa depends on which way you look at it so 350,000 businesses started up 350,000 businesses closed down and that I think tells you a lot it's the first time it's happened in the last 30 years that we've had more more well the same or more businesses go out of business than we have startups so for me that's quite a big tipping point and it shows me that you know you you've got to have you have got to have a certain amount of resilience now I think to start a business up because I, I think unfortunately I think it's mostly down to the success of the internet there's just so many different tools to use and people are just pulled in so many different directions like mm. procrastination you know just because we just don't know which way to turn i think for entrepreneurs is one of the hardest things in business yeah absolutely absolutely you know i i um i wonder what you think about this one as well and people listening in like for me i'm always dabbling around with blue ocean strategy versus red ocean strategy um and what comes up for me quite often is whether or not we go for something that people actually know about they understand they can from a marketing perspective, right, it makes sense to go for something um, like a title as a coach or something that's very, very clear uh, in your service-based industry that people understand. Uh, but I'm also a fan of Blue Ocean Strategy. Don't know if you are as well. And being different, um, though it does require some education to say, this is what I do or as a brand and for people to gradually understand that. For me, uh, that was where I came unstuck in terms of uh, film production, previous business, uh, beatboxing, also coaching as well. Like when I was choosing uh, names and titles and ways of doing things in my coaching business as well that weren't clear to people, and I didn't stay the course, if that makes sense. I used to be a connection coach, Robin. That's how I started. What, helping people. I was going to say, what's a connection coach? Well, that's the point, right? Because it's connection coach, it wasn't clear to people. So I started um, helping people in uh, squares uh, in London to meet people. What I would do is I'd go into uh, Liverpool Street, um, we'd occupy Costa Coffee, I'd go and meet the managers in Costa Coffee. You know, I'd befriend them, basically I'd charm them, get on a charm offensive. Uh, and we would have like a massive table upstairs where we had camera people, all this kind of stuff. And we'd go out to the square basically to meet strangers and I'd help people to connect um, and connect with themselves and also connect with strangers. But the thing with that is that connection coach wasn't immediately clear. So I had a whole load of uh, pushing a pebble uphill, if you like, to educate people as to what that actually was. And uh, you, you skipped over a bit. So you, you talked about uh, yeah. your career in the film industry or, or doing video work. So kind of what, what was the journey? So you, you, tried, you went through the musician stage, you set up your sort of freelance business doing working with video. Yeah. What, what was the transition then across? So, and then you sort of shifted into the connection coach. What was the point where you kind of knew or had a lot more clarity around what your journey as an entrepreneur and a coach looked like? Um, so I'd probably say to you, even going right back since I was 16, I should really talk about how I started and failed my first business then. 
uh, and it was an ego-based business. We wanted to take over the Ministry of Sound and to hire it out with, um, I called Britney Spears agent, would you believe back then? Uh, myself and my business partner would just turn 16 and we wrote letters about this. And it was five grand to hire the Ministry of Sound. Uh, and we actually went in, we had serious conversations about the whole thing and the resident uh, um, person who did underage parties, that, that's what we were looking to do, no alcohol. Um, he basically booked the nights out that we were looking to do. We're just looking to do one night and get started. And he booked all the nights out. And I remember being absolutely furious at 16, but I was inspired by my dad, who's also into entrepreneurship. And I was inspired by many books. I was inspired by Richard Branson. I was inspired by Tony Robbins. Um, and so I, I basically started and mostly failed businesses since I was 16. Um, got to 19 first successful business was the beatboxing side of things as well and it took a while to get there uh, but when I did I got to uh, travel um, I got known as Newcastle's poshest beatboxer which is quite fun is getting to <laughs> nightclub doors that's um, an accolade that's a real quite, accolade. quite cool isn't it I was getting to nightclub doors and, and I had bouncers say to me hey you're not coming in here posh boy it's like wow I'm performing on stage in 15 minutes so I would have to beatbox to impress them if you like to let me in through the door um, and that would happen often and long and short of it is the reason I didn't continue beatboxing uh, forever and ever is um, and this is where I bring in a bit of the spiritual side as well um, I hurt my voice and so for anyone listening that hasn't necessarily taken self-love to a deeper level around your body around your voice think about what we're doing now me and Robin on this this podcast like it's it's a real uh, vehicle it's a real tool and so if you don't look after your voice if you don't look after your body uh, you end up doing what I did which is having to leave beatboxing behind because I had to get speech therapy unfortunately it wasn't pretty goodness I, it's interesting what you say about because uh, I think this is this is something in entrepreneurship running a business that a lot of um, small business owners overlook and that's their energy levels and um, you know you know me Ollie I'm, I'm not like overtly kind of like you know I'm, I guess I'm a little bit spiritual I'm certainly not religious yeah. um, but energy is something which I pay a lot of attention to and it's just simple things like I know that at 4 p.m. that's like Rob's nap time I need I need to just go and like get a nice blankie and and a warm cup of hot chocolate and lie down and just have 20 minutes like that you know especially if it's the weekend just zone out for a bit um obviously with a young family it's not always quite as easy yeah. busy busy life as an entrepreneur but i i kind of try and pay attention to my energy levels and sometimes if i if i come into work and i've got nothing pressing you know if i've got no coaching sessions booked and my energy levels are just if i'm just a bit whacked out i just there's no point in kind of pushing through it and yeah kind of save my energy for when I, I really need it. And I think that's part of the, I, it, it amazes me how many entrepreneurs are just, they'll just try and push through that and end up burning themselves out. So I'm guessing that's kind of a major part of the, the work and help which you, you, you go through with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. First thing I was going to say though, Robin, I love you sharing that because I think that's part of the magic that is you, if that makes sense. And I, and I also, um, funny while we're having this conversation, because this is very spiritual for me, everything is spiritual in my books, but um, sharing vulnerability, sharing realness, sharing, you know, I get my blankie, I go for a nap and stuff like that. 
for me, that's what gives us access. And for me, um, I don't know if you feel the same. That's what will give you uh, the right incredible clients. I call them soul clients. You know, people that are absolutely perfect for you to work with rather than pain in the ass factor clients. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is the challenge though, isn't it? You know, you and I believe in sort of soul clients and finding the right sorts of clients, but there's, a, there's, a, a, there's also an element of like self-preservation around that, you know, but we've learned how to do it on a much more unconscious, subconscious level. Um, yeah. So if you were, if you were kind of, you know, a lot of the listeners run their own sort of coaching practices, consultancies, they're yeah. freelancers. So, you know, um, what, what sort of advice, what sort of tips would you give them to kind of, you know, um, almost protect themselves a little bit? Well, the single most important thing for me is alignment. So I'm, I'm absolutely, my last name is True. It goes that saying. And so I founded my own uh, method of coaching and healing, the True Methods. Um, and so with alignment, for me, the easiest thing that we can look at is a spinal column. So if you imagine if you're listening back now, or Robin listening, it's like there's a spinal column. And that spinal column for me is our alignment in every single area of life. And so if I'm aligned with my uh, truth in terms of my purpose, in terms of what I'm doing as a coach, um, it's a very, very thin spinal column, if that makes sense, Robin, uh, yeah. as to whether I'm actually um, aligned or not. And the quickest way for me to know is, am I energized? Am I pumped up? Am I energized? Could I do this? Uh, not all day, but could I do this till my 4 p.m. nap? But could I do this and feel really, really good about this particular activity that I'm doing in my life purpose, uh, when it comes to my health, when it comes to my spirituality, when it comes to my relationships? Um, so a big tip for everybody listening that I'm sure will really serve you all as well. It's like, are you doing those 10 out of 10 things in life? Be really, really honest. Do you get goosebumps? Do you get excited? As I hop on this podcast with Robin, I'm like, you know what? This is a 10 out of 10. I love podcasts. I love Robin. You know, I love spirituality. I love what I do. And so me being in that spinal column, that thin alignment really, really energizes me. And the other thing is uh, unplug from the downers. And I really, really mean this with love in my heart uh, for everybody. There will be people, there will be family, there will be friends, there'll be news, there'll be many things. Um, and until we unplug from those downers, it's really, really hard to live a purposeful life where we have all this energy that we speak about. That's it. And I, th I think a lot of entrepreneurs are just basically, I think you summed it up really nicely. They're kind of just spreading themselves too thinly. It's a bit like if you, you know, if you end up giving yourself eight things to do to focus on, you're putting 12 and a half percent of energy into eight things, you know, and as we know, unless you're like fully behind something, unless you're fully backing yourself, you're yeah. never really going to succeed, like optimally succeed and complete those tasks that you kind of set yourself to, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just split between like something simple, what I know you just said, un unplug, but watching telly and scrolling through social media on, you know, on your phone, you're actually not paying attention to either. Yeah. And I think so many business owners that, you know, they've got all of these different social media channels. They've got to go out and network and they've got to do video. They've got to update their website. They've got to do the sales and marketing the accounts, all the basic kind of fundamental stuff within business. And, um, and, and as a result, kind of nothing's really getting done. Yeah. Um, if you had a practical tip, how, how would you, where would be a good place to start for somebody who's maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed in their business? Um, where would be a good place to start, do you think, in order to kind of get a bit of, um, a bit of alignment back with what they're doing? 
Yeah, so I, I think, um, uh, and I completely agree with what you said. I mean, my probably my most golden tip, and this this is in terms of growing the business side, also the personal side, because they're both linked. Uh, but my most golden tip is probably this single word: it's focus. I'm going to have to say focus, focus, focus over and over. Um, when I was younger, I was supposedly diagnosed with this thing called ADHD, which is quite interesting. Um, I, I like to call it that I just wasn't interested in what we were talking about. You know, in some of the lessons and things was, right yeah school's dull let's, let's be fair <laughs> classic stuff right um and so my big thing is that like focus 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 um and so i think when we've defined and i know you're big on this as well robin when we've defined clear goals for ourselves uh, i'm big on creating feeling goals as well it's like how do you want to feel so we can create you as feeling that way and being that way right now rather than waiting for you to actually achieve that goal. Uh, but coming back to focus, it's saying, okay, well, um, if I'm really, really focused and I'm really, really ruthless, watch me as I, Robin, as I, Ollie, as anybody listening to uh, uh, this podcast, goes out and says, I'm gonna surround myself with only people that are associated with these specific goals. It's ruthless, um, but it comes into focus for me. It's like, let me be really, really focused. So let me switch off the news. Uh, let me not have too many conversations and ask even my my dad, who I love to pieces for advice around something that he hasn't necessarily done. And so I love staying laser focused in on that goal. And so what I did in beatboxing is I actually changed my whole friendship group, Robin. I don't know if you've done this before. Uh, my friends were holding me back uh, from ascending to a really high level of beatboxing. Uh, I've done the same very recently. I've done the same in coaching uh, terms as well to say, okay, who seems like they're further along than me? Who is a great person to have in my peer group? Um, you don't want to spend in your business with your focus as well too much time with, uh, with your clients. This is very, very dangerous. Um, if you are constantly hanging out with clients and people that you don't necessarily see as peer group, I think that can be a big holdback as well. 100%. And uh, you know, you hear the saying that you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Yeah. And I think that's so true in business. Um, one of the things which I talk a lot about in business is um, something called the social ladder, which sounds, mm -hmm. sounds a bit, doesn't, it sounds a bit negative, but it's not at all. It, but the challenge is, I think a lot of business owners want to, they start off, imagine there's 10 rungs on this, this ladder, this social ladder in business. And most business owners, when we start out, we're only on like rung, rung one or two, or maybe three, but we immediately want to jump straight straight to the top step. And the top step, you mentioned people like Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Peter Jones. You've got all of those, those unicorn entrepreneurs who are hanging out in like a 10 out of 10 on the social ladder. We can't just jump up there. It's this process. We've got to start hanging out with the right people and start to elevate our way, make friends, build those relationships and trust with people. But like if we're a three, we want to hang out with the fours. And when we become a four, we want to hang out with the guys who are fives and things like that. But equally, we've got to be mindful of like, who who we we want to we want also want to build a tribe and take some people up with us yeah it's super important because like we said it's an average you can't just use people to 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 work your way up there you've no. got to also i think you've got to be the balance the pivot where you also take some people along for the ride as well i love what you're saying you know what's coming up for me right now as you talk about this as well um i have a little uh, test that i'm conscious of but i wasn't conscious of until recently uh i don't know if you do the same kind of thing as well i test people in terms of uh commitment and um if i feel like somebody is very committed, like they are of their word, they say they're gonna do something, they deliver it. Um, there's a thing called, for me, uh, deposits and withdrawals. I've never read about it anywhere. It's just something I came up with a few years ago. Yeah. 
And so we're constantly putting deposits in our clients' banks and we're constantly putting deposits in our own self-love banks based on our self-promises. And so even uh, me and you having this conversation, Robin, we're putting deposits or withdrawals in some capacity. So um, I think that's very powerful in terms of testing um, friendships. And even if someone doesn't necessarily seem like they're further ahead than you, if they're really, really committed, um, and especially if they've got previous backing business experience, et cetera, they will get there. You know, I'd always back yeah. that horse. Um, and so I look for friends that are really committed. For example, I have somebody in my inbox now, um, bless her cotton sods. Uh, she uh, wasn't necessarily trying to drop a friendship, but she's been in touch with me about four times, no word of a lie in my inbox saying, uh, is everything okay? You haven't responded to my message. You haven't done this. Uh, all I was doing was being very, very selective over friendships, if that makes sense. I was yeah. like, I know she wants to hang out. I know it's a coffee. I know it doesn't have any business relation to it at all. But the fact that she's been in my inbox four times, uh, quite casually, you know, not too needy, uh, is quite inspiring in my books. I don't know if you feel the same way as well. It actually says to me, uh, this person is very, very determined to get what she wants. So I, I kind of look for that in friendships. Like I don't want to be surrounded by people that are going to give up uh, anywhere near the end of the uh, full marathon. I love to um, spend time with people that are ready to run that marathon in whatever capacity that is in life I, I think it i think it goes for anything in business really as well you know it's about being able to identify the things in life which are going to serve you best yeah. um and in in business you know there's a there's a I, fundamentally like time is the most precious thing because yeah. like you can you can always make more money money in my opinion comes as a byproduct of like delivering like remarkable value to people mm. but you can always make more money but you can never get more time and i think investing your time into the right things the right friendship the right potential partnerships in business and things yeah. like that is is actually quite a lot uh, it that's the barometer i feel sometimes between success and failure because Absolutely. we get these signals coming at us all of the time the, i call them clues and you're, you're getting these clues and if you just happen to miss one clue you know that could have got you to gold and you miss that clue and you spend the next year like coasting along being three feet from gold like these clues are absolutely vital as you said like this this woman who keeps on showing up in your inbox um mm. you know i have things like for ages i was talking about doing a podcast and doing a podcast and then one day i was just like oh just do it it did the timing felt right to me mm -hmm. you know and it, it happened to be when i pivoted my program to be more focused on you know group rather than necessarily one-to-one -one. um and it and it opened up a bit more time i was like cool now is the right time to see the podcast and now yeah. is the right time because i can give it 100 percent and make the best possible deal of it well, I love that you're saying that as well, because what's coming up for me is this, and, and perhaps we should talk about this, uh, leverage. This isn't talked about anywhere near enough, is it, in uh, uh, business terms. I, I certainly haven't heard it talked about enough. Um, you know, you working in that group capacity, me working in group coaching, but currently smaller uh, group coaching groups and retreats and, and, and things like that, um, and podcasts like this give us leverage. Um, as business owners or entrepreneurs, however we want to frame ourselves up. Um, and so what I'm really loving right now, Robin, is this asymmetry. Um, how do we take one small action that has massive repercussions or massive potential to it? Um, you know, for, for example, the other day, we did, I did a post about a four-day event that we have coming up. Uh, we're currently in Athens, as I speak to you, uh, and coming back to the uh, UK. And... Um, yeah, basically what I did is just did a normal post, everyday post. And I realized 
asymmetry. Let me tag in all of these uh, hot potential people who have been in my inbox and have wanted to come to this event and expressed interest in the past. Or let me send out an email to my mailing list or let me do a podcast. Let me do something that has leverage. It's a small action that's going to leverage that time like you spoke about and going to get a bigger result. Absolutely. Um, And partnerships as well. Like, you know, the simple act of us doing this podcast means that we're both helping each other out, getting ourselves in front of each other's audiences and spread the word because there's elements of things that you're going to be coaching your clients on that I wouldn't necessarily cover and vice versa. You know, I I see a lot of coaches and consultants. I mean, I'm probably going to tear down a bit of a skyscraper now, but I see, I see a lot of coaches, consultants and freelancers who are just fucking selfish. Like they're, mm-hmm. all they're all they're doing is that they're just in it for the, themselves, and and you, I know you believe this, and I, it's something which I've I've been learning since I opened my coaching practice up. But when you actually finally realise that no matter what business you set up, the most important person in that business is the client, one hundred percent. Yeah, everything as a business owner that you give should be given to the client a hundred percent. You should never hold anything back. Yeah, um, and from that, when I had that sort of enlightening moment and um you know even even when you're when i'm sat opposite somebody during a consultation and you must have these sort of powerful coaching sessions stroke consultations with prospects yeah. when you're sat opposite you know that and you're you're there going yes i can help you but the timing's not right and actually i'm gonna have to turn you down you know that you're doing it for the greater good. You know that you're doing it from a position of abundance to help that person. Because actually, if it was about me and I sold that person onto onto my program just because it's about me, it only stands to benefit me and it might be the wrong thing for the client. I think this is a really, really beautiful topic to get onto as well, because uh, what you're saying, and this is what I'm picking up as well, is like marketing 101, like probably the most essential part of the business, isn't it, really? I mean, people talk about sales being lifeblood, but really marketing is, isn't it, um, 101, the actual lifeblood, um, in the sense that it is about the client. And I think far too often, I've certainly made this mistake, um, I have gone after, I'm sure you've done the same at some point, Robin, I've gone after the specific thing that I believe the client wants. And I think that's kind of a selfish thing in itself. You speak about that Um, rather than actually asking the market, what do you want? You know, I want to work with, uh, and there's certainly more of this work that I want to take forward. It's like spiritual entrepreneurs, you know, uh, people that love people like Gabby Bernstein that identify with this kind of language. It's like, let me ask them, let me go to the market. And I know you're big on this as well. It's like, let's find out what the market wants and then let's give it to them versus as entrepreneurs saying, um, Hey, you know, I've got this great solution is going to work and it's interesting that you talk about the individual entrepreneurs like that doing their thing without the collaboration often we don't see these blind spots we don't see what's possible right that's exactly it yeah 100 percent. and i also think as well um you know you talk about kind of like testing the marketplace and um you know i'm i'm kind of big into that and i i never want i always say this never want to be known as the facebook ads guy but i invested a lot of money in learning about it and in fact i'm going on a course at the end of the month and i've actually realized that you know i I never wanted my coaching program to be about marketing but actually loads of coach consultants they could benefit from facebook ads i'm like cool right guys do you want a Facebook ads course, like an extra module. And everybody's like, hell yes, definitely. We want that. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I will, um, you know, I'll probably, again, I'll partner up with somebody, bring the right person into the business potentially to run that side, that side of it. But if that's what people need and want, you've got to give it to them. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's very, very, very good insight there around that stuff as well. It's really tempting and easy, isn't it? For us and for anybody listening to say, you know, but I just want to do this shiny toy. I want to do this shiny thing. And, and then no one's necessarily going to buy it. And, 
Also, we mustn't forget that what somebody says they're going to do, I'm, I'm sure you're big on this as well, what they say they're going to do is different to what they're actually going to do. So it's like, yeah. are you going to buy this product when I release this product? And then we go and design this uh, product without testing it, you know, for example, in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, and then they don't, they don't buy it. They say they're going to do it and don't buy it. Yeah, that, I mean, there's always a danger. You're going to get that with any any kind of, I think, business or, or product or something like that. You touched upon your, um, I want to know a bit more about the retreats. Yeah, so the retreats, um, we're really blessed to say that uh, Denise and I are, um, I think, as you know, location independent. We're currently in Athens. Uh, so we make it our business. We you said are- that twice now, Ollie. I think you're just showing off. Aha, well, it's... <laughs> Some 30 degrees out here, so... Oh, yeah, 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 right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, old, the old me would have said, no, I can't express this kind of stuff and so on. The new me certainly now is like gratitude and, 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 and really, really blessed. Uh, oh, well, I, I tell you what, Ollie, I'm grateful for you being in, in Athens. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody gets to enjoy 30 degrees when we're stuck here in this horrible, miserable, like, rainy... Oh, is it? <laughs> is it? Sending you love sunshine and energy from yeah. the, the, the thing is though this it's there's sunshine in uh, in fearless hq right now though because i'm enjoying life so it's all good <laughs> yeah that's the main thing that's very very true actually uh but um the retreat in terms of location independent i think um this comes back to alignment again for me because uh i was looking at my life and i think we all have to do the same and ask ourselves looking in the mirror i'm sure you do the same robin uh, can I be really, really honest with myself about am I living my dream life and it's personal first and it's business? And so a personal decision for us was right now, what feels really, really true with every single cell and fiber of my body is to travel the world, is to go to these incredible places, countries, to understand culture. Um, I don't want to wait until I'm uh, uh, 60, 65. You know, this classic thing, people get nice cars uh, at 60, 65. You, you, you see that gray hair, yep. uh, you see the retirement plan. I'm like, that, that really drives me and I'm like, you know what I want to go and see I have a deep burning desire to see every country in the world but um, on a business level if you are to do this uh, anybody listening there are practical aspects to it you know the wi-fi side of things uh, the preparation side of things the commitment side of things and sometimes even though I'm in Athens now and it is beautiful weather um, I don't make it outside you know the honest truth is you don't always make it outside you can be in five-star hotels or um, Airbnb and so on you know whatever you're doing what pathway so um, the reality Reality isn't often shared so I, I feel called to share a bit of that which is you still have to work hard you still have to stay committed um, but you can do anything you set your mind to and the uh, retreats was a part of that vision it was literally saying if you can imagine this Robin I know you talk about this quite a lot a stake in the ground um, let me put a stake in the ground so that we have to go to Thailand so that we have to go to Mexico and now we have to go to Europe so we've got retreat in Thailand uh, a retreat in Mexico and a retreat in Europe all cleverly designed so that we can serve clients and truly help them, uh, but also so we can travel the world and we can do what we love because then we're more inspired, me and Denise, my other half who run the retreats. um, And that means we do a much better job of coaching and healing. I think that inspiration goes a long way. Oh, mate, I'm... I, I think you're a leading light and I think you're kind of, you're going about doing it the right way. I think too many people get, you know, they read the four hour work week and they think that being an entrepreneur is all about sitting on a 
beach in Bali with a laptop, you know, and it's, it's not that practical. The internet's rubbish out there. <laughs> no, no. So anyway, listen, we're kind of coming towards the end of the, the interview and actually you touched upon, you referred to your 60 year old self. So I'm curious, um, actually I want to jump into my, uh, or for both of us to jump into the fearless business time machine. It's a question I always ask at the end. Um, yeah. and we're going to rewind. We're going to send us back. Can I, yeah. can I mention a little something about true method? Not really so much as a plug, but uh, something that I think will really inspire people. It's just a brief thing. Um, go for it. You've got three minutes. <laughs> what I want to say to anybody listening is that uh, now, you know, as we record this podcast, uh, I'm blessed to have my own method of coaching and healing, true methods, um, that basically combines coaching and healing. Um, and I had so much self-doubt about beatboxing, about breakdancing, about coaching. You know, we all have that voice in our head or lots of voices. Uh, but here I am blessed to say that we are going to have about 20, 24 practitioners um, within the next month that wow. do what I do in terms of coaching and healing. And, and, and that is the scale piece of my business or one of the scale pieces. And so if I can do it, anyone listening to this uh, podcast can do it as well. If I can travel the world, anyone listening can travel the world. So I promise you, it's not that complicated, but it does take a willingness. It does take that discipline that Robin talked about. So I just want to share that for inspiration, really. If you're sitting here listening and thinking I've got a long way to go, you probably don't have anywhere near as far as, as, you, as you think you have to go. If you set your mind on it, you can do it. I, do you know what? Actually, I, I'm going to park my time machine first time ever, uh, because actually that was a super inspiring kind of message to to kind of wrap things up with. Um, and I'm actually guessing. I let, let's let's restart the time machine. I'm guessing sure. if we did go back ten years, it would you would have a similar sort of message for yourself. If we went back ten years um, and I had a message for Ollie or a message for uh, anybody listening as well, I would literally say to you. Uh, go out there and become a slightly different message. Go out there and become the most resilient version of you you possibly can. Every single day, take a step forward, have a little challenge, go to a foreign country where it's a little bit difficult for you, you know, go solo sometimes, test yourself, uh, start a new business, make lots of little mistakes, not necessarily failure, but learn to become resilient as quick as you possibly can learn to accept rejection as nothing personal um so i'd say re resilience funny enough which ties in with what i'm talking about with uh, traveling and, uh, and going for it uh, would probably be my golden advice to myself perfect Ollie. that's that's awesome and um last but very by by no means least um i know that you will have inspired some people today so um if people uh do want to contact you what are the best sort of ways to get in touch with you and uh, if they wanted to take some next steps yeah um, so best thing is very personalized for me. What I love to do is speak to people over Messenger uh, or WhatsApp. My whole business is designed to be run from a mobile phone, would you believe, which is quite fun. Uh, so basically reach out to me, reach out to me over Messenger, over my personal profile. Um, and then hop in if you want to hop into my group which is the Spiritual Entrepreneur Club it's a free group uh, where we talk about all things spirituality and business and the combination of, uh, of those two those are the best places to get me and uh, the, I'm, I'm in the Spiritual Entrepreneurs Club the Facebook group and you're super active in there de giving away sort of tips on an almost daily basis so I'd recommend yeah. anybody who's listening to kind of uh, who runs a spiritual business go and, go and dive in and get to know Ollie because he is a fantastic guy super abundant and and also with uh, today, um, the knowledge and sound bites that you're giving us today, Ollie, again, it was just like, I, I think there were some absolute golden nuggets in there. So it's pleasure. been a real pleasure um, mm. having, you, having you on the Fearless Business Podcast. Ollie, thank you very much. 
Thanks so much, Robin. Absolute superstar. And the feeling's very mutual. I mean, that's, for me, the spiritual aspect of this is we're all mirror reflections. So I'm in you and you're in me, if you like. So pleasure to be here. There we go. Thank you. Cheers, Robin. Thank you.